ball gets in. Another wide open three. Pierre Cardin. The first to Booker for the long range. Welcome everybody to the Aussie Suns Fans Podcast. I am your host, Gavin, and we are here today with our main man, Fucko, apparently. Fucko, how you doing? Mate, Fucko is good. (laughs) The big Fucko. Good to see Uh, you early on a Sunday morning. It's uh, freezing fucking cold here in Melbourne. How's it going down there? Up there? Up there. Yeah, man, it's, um, it's about 20 degrees at the moment. Fucking nice, go, nice. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> uh, so what is it? Th- what, what, what is it there? Are you getting sub sub ten degree days at the moment? No, nah, not yet, not yet. So we're we're, we're sort of mid teens at the moment. Um, today's actually supposed to be a nice day. It's supposed to be eighteen and sunny. So we'll see how we go. Um, we've got some kids' sports, so it's a. It looks like it's going to be a nice day to be outside for the kids' sports. So that should be good. Um, if you're here, on, should we just keep on talking about the weather? Yeah, let's talk about the weather. If you've got nothing else to talk about, talking about the weather. Um, John, where does it say Suns Down Under on our logo? The logo in the top corner says Aussie Suns fans. What are you talking about, mate? Yeah, There's got to be a logo somewhere, I guess. Um, If you're checking us out on YouTube, do us a solid click the like button, subscribe, follow, do all that sort of thing. Um, We need more and more followers. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want to see. Um, okay, it's on. It's on our YouTube page, nerd. Um, all right, I'll fix it. I'll fix that, Darth Voider. Thank you very much for coming in here and spraying me straight up. That's great. For can Sunday I just morning. say, Gavin? Gavin? Yes. Can I just say? Yes. I have fifteen new followers on the Twitter. Yeah. And only maybe half of them, maybe uh, um, only sex bots. So. Um, I'm really pumped. I'm That's fucking. Great numbers. So eight I, genuine, I, eight genuine seven oh, bots. You reckon? Yeah, I haven't gone through them all yet. There could be more bots than I'd like to admit, but I'm just gonna, yeah, you, know, you know, just surface, surface, but from the surface, it looks like they're fucking actual people. It's fucking. Unreal. Yeah, look, it's um, it is, it is what it is, and uh, <laughs> look, the bots push your follow numbers up, mate, which gives you credibility, apparently. Um, the more followers you have, the more credibility you have. So, yeah. um, and apparently, according to Sir Hamo, fourteen of those are going to block you soon, which is correct. We're we're still we're still tossing up whether or not to throw in a who blocked Boyd this week uh, segment into the Aussie Suns fans. Um, make sure you you like, subscribe, follow, comment. Make sure you comment because I'm sick of seeing Boyd's fucking comments about himself. Um, give us five stars on whatever it is that gives us five stars. Do all that sort of shit so that we can see it. And it keeps it keeps put, putting our name out there, which maybe you don't want to put our name out there. Who knows? Um, been, a, been a big week since we potted last, Boyd. Um, the Phoenix Suns have a new coach. Yeah, yeah. He is, um, he is apparently a character out of Superbad. Mate, Fogel, Superbad. Yeah. Fucking bring it. What up, gangsters? 
fucking yes. Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ever stop. I'm not gonna call him Vogel. Uh, I'll call him Big Frank, Frank the Tank, like from that, uh, you know, Frank the Tank. You know, he's. Uh, you could even liken it to Kaminsky or, um, or fucking Frank the Tank from. Fuck that movie. Um, old school one. Is it old school? Old school one. <laughs> no. Oh old yeah, was it old school? Yeah, somewhere. Old school. Right? Frank the Tank. Frank yeah, the Tank. Yeah, streaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So whenever streaking. we go streaking, it's big. It's big Frank yeah. the Tank. And um, apart from that, and when things are when when, when things are fucky, uh, we can just run with Fogel. Yeah. What up, gangsters? Well, look, I'm I'm disappointed in the creativity of um of our friends over at the Suns Jam session, in particular John Boyder who said that Frank Vogel doesn't fit into his drop that he had for Monty Williams. He couldn't replace him. Right. And he didn't think of Frankie, Frankie Vogel, which fits perfectly. All right. Now, can you give us a little rundown of what that'll sound like, Gav? Because I'm interested to, I've got it, I've got it how it goes in my mind. But um, yeah, give us a, give us a rundown. Uh, you're talking about the drop? Sing it. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie, Frankie Vogel, coach of the Phoenix Suns. See it fits. Frankie, Frankie oh, oh, oh. Vogel, coach of the Phoenix. We have Suns. to. We have to be careful here. We, you know, if we're if we're stealing content from Border, he could uh, get his, he could get his lawyer onto us, who is probably in the chat as well. Yes, he is. <laughs> so you know, not only not only is it going live and and it's here for them to sue us, where we're going to be in trouble. While we're talking about that, let's bring in one of our favourite guests, fallen founder Jake. Just popped a beer. How are you, my friend? Got the Dave King is my son's daddy shirt on. That's right. Absolutely. Doing well, guys. Doing well. I'm glad I caught it just in time for the uh, Frankie Vogel song. Hey, how do you think it goes, mate? Is it Frankie, Frankie Vogel? See, I, you know, I keep thinking super bad. That's what I mentioned yeah. in the chat. I think of uh, Fogel, you know, and uh, AKA McLovin, you know, what's up gangsters? You know, he's, I think he's <laughs> off, up, you know, gangsters? Well, McLovin, one name, what, who are you, Seal? You know, that could be our Frank Vogel. We've just got to take this idea that he's the, the boring coach from the Pacers, the Magic, and and the guy that was won the bubble title and make him cool, you know, and I think we can do that. We've got enough Suns podcasters out there to put it together. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. That, that'd be an, a, just – I think there's so much content that, that's going to be available over this offseason – just by bringing uh, Frankie Frankie Boy Frankie Boy in, Frankie I do B. have to ask though. It sounds I like a gangster name. He does a little bit, doesn't he? It's yeah. like Frankie Fingers or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, Frankie B's <laughs> um, not Landry Shamit back in. He's done with. Did... Yeah, he's done with Shamit. <laughs> Go out and get me a Landry Shamit. Um, <laughs> Can we boy, run with Frankie boy. Frankie Fingers? That's so fucking creepy. Frank, and, Frankie um, Fingers. Let's and, run with and Frankie. Dirty sounding. I like it. <laughs> um, the, the important everybody who's online, everybody who's watching, of course, Boyd wants to know the important question off the back of our previous pods: Is Frank Vogel nice enough to be the coach of the Phoenix Suns? Well, because apparently mate, we we only want a nice guy, right? Hey, so I think he looks like a nice guy. He's he's ugly. he actually looks a little bit like Vogel. Like Fogel grown up, maybe put on a little bit of weight. So it's fucking. It's. I think he's a nice guy. I think so. But if he's if he's a hard ass defensive coach, maybe 
maybe he's going to rub some of these lazy cunts up the wrong way. The guys who don't want to get back on defense, the guys that, you know, don't, you know, may not want to switch. Um, he's going to fucking, he might rub some cunts up the wrong way. He Maybe he's not that nice. I don't know. But I'm excited. Well, I, I think um, I think the big thing is that he has to be handsome, according to Boyd, um, and you just called no. him ugly. So what what we're what we're leaning towards is that you won't like Frank Vogel as the coach of the Phoenix Suns if you think he's ugly. He's not handsome enough. I, I won't I won't look at him and be happy and um, excited when I look at him, but. If I just sort of focus on the on-court product, I, I might be all right. I well, one thing this. one thing I have seen about Frank, um, and I noticed in the bubble, he has a fantastic level of resting bitch face. <laughs> what's it? What's with that resting bitch face? Is it like his little overbite type thing? His underbite or overbite or whatever it is. <laughs> what's that resting bitch face thing? I, I'm not what sure. I'm not sure where it comes from, but he's got a clear case of resting bitch face. Yeah, I don't get Boyd, it. Boyd, you've had too many children with the, the same woman. You see, you have to have a bad relationship, and then you would understand a little bit more about what resting bitch face is because it's when you didn't do anything wrong, but still looks like you're being looked at like you did something wrong. And you're not quite sure Ooh. what you did wrong, but the look is hitting you. Like uh, yeah. you've always done something wrong. And then you, you ask the did something right. <laughs> and then you ask the question, you know, is everything okay? Are you okay? Yeah, fine. Oh, that, yeah, that's nice. what Frank looks like you know, the whole time. Like, it looks like one of the assistants, like Kevin, who's sticking around. Kevin, we're pretty happy about it. We'll turn to him and go, "Frankie, you okay? Frankie, Frankie fingers, are you good?" And he'll go, finger. "He'll go, I'm fine." And you know something's wrong. Well, Voida in the chat, that, that's that's the best line. His arms are always crossed. He's such a defensive coach that even his body language is defense. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine. Wish we were playing some defense out there. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's bring in the main man who just woke up. He's got his uh, <laughs> oh chef's hat on by the looks of it. He's ready to cook. Nate, welcome, my man. How is it over there in sunny Singapore? It's fucking early is what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, well, hey, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always happy with you, fellas. And, Jake, you're always a pleasure, mate. Love seeing your face when I log in. Are you at the club med again? Because I mean, you look way too relaxed. I mean, it it, it kind of looks like you're at Marley's. I get the background, but it looked like it looks like you stayed overnight at Marley's at this point. <laughs> it feels like I stayed overnight at Marley's. Did stayed you, overnight did you, at Marley's and he's having a coffee. Did you steal uh, one of the seven dwarves hats, mate? That's no, just another fuck? manipulation of the bandana uh, stories. A, you look I'm like just, dopey. I'm just like fucking with you every week now, boy. That's that's all it is. <laughs> Nate, look, Nate looks like a reject from House Party too. <laughs> <laughs> he really I'll did. Actually, that's he a good really one. did. <laughs> what's your um? What's your thoughts on Frankie Fingers becoming our head coach there, Nate? Uh, I'm still really mixed about it, to be honest. Like, I don't hate it because I, I, I like the idea that we got someone senior as opposed to bumping the assistant. But, I mean, his record's not overly great. And I, I hate the fact he's an ex-Laker. I don't care. I was going like, to do some research and, like, come up with a reason to why I should feel this way. But 
I just drank instead last night. Do you know? Do you know what? It's funny. Um, <laughs> since the announcement yesterday morning, our time, I've kind of been the same. I don't know if I'm happy, and I don't know if I'm upset by it. I don't know whether I'm meh by it. I actually just don't know at this point in time whether, like, exactly how I feel about Frank Vogel. I think it might take until the guy does a press conference until I form an opinion on where I sit. Man, I'm so so happy. I love the defensive defensive guys, and I just have so much confidence in. Um, um, I know we didn't quite see it so fluently in the playoffs because we obviously got knocked out by uh, Denver. But um, I'm really confident in what Book and KD, especially with having um, a lot more time to sort of work in with each other and get some get get some plays down. Um, over the off-season and training camp and whatnot. I'm really confident in what they can do offensively. Um, on the heels of that, Kevin Young, who is an offensive stud, has just signed the largest assistant coach deal um, in NBA history. So he's getting paid, I think, what was it, $2 million? It just came out this morning. $2 million a season. That's head coach money. And he's a top assistant. And he's an offensive-minded guy. And our head coach is a defensive-minded guy. We're fucking good, man. We're good. There's been a conversation in the background where uh, you know maybe there was maybe there was a little bit of hesitation on Fogel because of his um, lack of offensive um, tact. But then they've gone, hey, well, what about Kevin Young? Are you happy to let this guy have more say, um, implement more of his offensive structure, and um, we'll we'll pay him like a head coach. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. So I'm like really, really pumped, man. I think it's going to be the perfect storm of coaching for this squad, and um, yeah, let's let's just now have a look at how that plays into the surrounding pieces around these two. So, um, so boy, what do you think? Of, what do you think of this comment? Are you excited about the in-game adjustments? Because we all know <laughs> on the on the previous pod you've been excited about in-game adjustments. Not- He's frozen. It's not often you come on this pod and learn something. So because I slept through that news about um, the assistant, Kevin, getting that raise, that raise. Thanks, Boyd. You just taught me something this morning. Very nice of you. The yeah. last time that Hey, I'm, I'm going to – guys, I'm going to switch over to my phone because the laptop uh, might be burning. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, get we'll see you. We'll see you. We'll see you when you get back. And that flow does flow in. Um what are your thoughts on uh, – look, I think it's a positive that we uh, – with Kevin Young, he went through the process. He was right there in the mix. Um, I, I guess the news will come out that it was sort of down – well, the news probably has already come out that it was down to Kevin Young and Vogel. Um, the positive is that there's been a lot of news around the fact that Devin Booker really pushed for Kevin Young. Um so I think that Ishbia going out of his way to put that contract in front of Kevin Young and keep him on the staff to appease that Booker piece is a real positive, right? Yeah. He's putting his money where his mouth is. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I'll actually follow I'll actually follow that up with a comment rather than just going, yeah. <laughs> Thank fuck. No, it's like if you think back to Savary, he wouldn't go out and spend the extra dollar. You know, it was, it was always Cutting it short, you know. Ishbi has gone out and said, "Well, fuck it. If I'm not, I can't pick one. I'll take both." 
Michael Wilburn reported that Vogel comes with a big star from LA. Thoughts? I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen that report at all. But do you think that there's a chance that somebody from LA comes with him? Who? Like is he no, I don't, dating I don't an know. actress or something? Or <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's uh, Kendall Jenner. She's coming back again. You know, well, hey, you know, right now the Suns just really have who, like Guy Fieri uh, showing up, uh, you know, uh, and uh, as a, as the super fan, you know, it wouldn't Emma be Emma Stone? Is she a diehard Suns fan? I yeah, think. she was at the playoffs last year. Okay, okay. It's um, but no, uh, I think this is the comment, right? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on track a little bit here. Uh, the the talk is that. that He's a he's a big fan of Alex Caruso and and I did see um, Voida did put I think it was Voida put a trade up um, today which was very very interesting and I'll if you guys want to talk about the potential of what we're going to put around um, Kevin Young and uh, Frankie Fingers as a squad here um, what sort of players do you think we need to bring in now and I don't necessarily need names. Just what sort of players do you think we should fill this roster with that would suit the coaching style of Frankie Fingers? Uh, guys, nice guys um, who are very yeah. uh, <laughs> hands-on. If, if, if we're talking to Frankie Fingers, very yeah, hands-on guys, some um, touchy-feely, uh, like to get their hands in the uh, passing lanes, defensive-minded, 3 and D. Um, that's what I think. I think um, there's look. Ultimately, there's not much we're going going to be able to do uh, with um, the 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 cap restraints that we have. So, as so long as they're um, nice, um, um, passable on defense, and then let Frankie Fingers take him to that next level with his uh, um, great defensive coaching. <laughs> Nate. I want to see Jonah Hill in a Phoenix jersey sitting on the end of the bench just so that, just so the boys can get on the edge of his seat and wait for it, wait for it, McLovin. <laughs> you seen Jonah Hill lately? He's fucking, he's a mess. He's been on uh, the park, Jake. Oh, he's been on the park, all right. <laughs> the transition. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, so... Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm kind of I'm getting more and more excited about Frank Vogel, and it's based basically on his his resume of success, especially with his time not just with the Lakers getting a title, but his time with the Pacers and taking a team that was really, I think, overperforming and guys that really didn't see much in the league after he left. And I'm thinking like a Roy Hibbert uh, comes to mind. But uh, so you thinking want to bring of, Roy Hibbert in to play for us? <laughs> not quite, not quite. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I do think um, uh, uh, Nate was talking about it. Um, three and D guys. I mean, what was the big concern with Okogi is that, oh, he's got a wide open corner three. It's really not a good, you know, like maybe it's 50-50 that he puts it in. And when it's wide uh, open, it's not, you really have to hit 50, that It's not 50-50, right? It's, it yeah. was about 31.4. Right. Uh, 69.6 <laughs> or whatever it is. So I, I think more like, okay, what did the Lakers have going with them? Uh, you know, besides LeBron and AD, they had uh, uh, KCP was able to knock down threes. Uh, Caruso was able to knock down a few shots. And and, and so I think that's uh, – I think you'll see a little bit of guys that can play defense, but I, I still think that that shooting 
desire that a lot of us were talking about as soon as we wrapped up the playoffs is who else can shoot the ball besides Booker and Durant, especially if Paul's not there, is we need guys that can really knock down some shots and create some offense. I think you'll still see that. They'll just – like I think Vogel's the one that gets those guys to play more defense. Uh, so well, I don't uh, necessarily think we're going to get defensive specialists so much as guys that can hit and uh, open shots and then will be coached into a system to be more effective. I think that's um I think that's a really important point too because a lot of the discussion around the back half of the year and the end of the year was about the gravity of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So we need guys that are able to spread the floor because that gravity does draw everybody into those two players and and it made we saw during that um that last series against Denver it meant that KD was dealing with double teams. Book was dealing with double teams on those shots. And when we did kick it out to those corners, our guys just weren't hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, we need guys that can hit those shots uh, so that we can spread the floor. And I know we spoke about Seth Curry as as a perfect example, but everybody, because of bringing Vogel on, everybody is going to talk about the defensive piece. But I think the more important piece at the moment is that ability to spread the floor and those guys that can hit those shots in unison on the court with KD and Book. Well, and remember the the big concern that we had, especially, I mean, and it wasn't necessarily Monty's fault on this. It was trying to plug in KD uh, and then only having him available for eight games, um, getting obviously TJ Warren and Terrence Ross after the trade deadline, and then trying to, especially, I mean, we as fans were talking about during the playoffs, oh, you got to play TJ Warren more. You got to play Terrence Ross more. And we saw it a few times in the playoffs where the ball would be spread around the court and you see one guy turn and look and he completely lost his man in the shuffle and somebody shouting at him. Oh no, that was your guy. We switched on that. And it's, it's, it's basic stuff, but that's the stuff that you cover in training camps a little bit more. And that's the stuff that I think uh, Vogel would be able to do. So I think I'm excited to see kind of what he can do with getting that going because it was like, okay, we have a Kogi and he's going to be there for defense but not shooting. And then we had Terrence Ross, but he can shoot, but he can't really play defense. I think Vogel is going to be able to find those guys that can do both uh, in his system. And so that's, what's kind of exciting. And, and I, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know how you guys run drops. So tell me if this doesn't work or not, but um, let me see. I did want to uh, see if I could pull this up real quick. Uh, can so you see this at all? This is last night. <laughs> is this are you gonna see it at all yeah, yeah. yeah it's up it's up okay okay so no, i don't think he's got that bad of a resting bitch face to be honest he does seem much more like a uh you know a fogel to me uh and a little bit of a super bad guy so i i think we just got to turn him around you know he's gonna he's gonna be great do you want to describe to the audio listeners what you actually showed us <laughs> oh yeah that, that's a great point great point that was a picture of the uh uh disney coach uh the yeah the victorious uh coach of the Lakers, uh, Frank Vogel, uh, with a cigar in his mouth and a big uh, ski mask or uh, ski goggles on as probably champagne bottles were being popped. So, you know, he can he can smile and he can have some fun. It looks like he's just business forward and that's okay. That's what we were saying we wanted was somebody, you know, that could run the X's nose a little bit better, make those adjustments that Monty could. And let's be honest, we all know guys that work in our industries like that. They tend to be a little geekier, a little nerdier. And they're never, really not going to steal your girl or give you a lot of confidence. Uh, but you know what? They're very effective at what they do. And that's, you know, that 
you can build confidence in other ways. So I, I think it's a, it's, it's a good position to be in, especially when you've got Titans and big personalities, not in a negative way, but like a, a Booker, Durant and Paul, if Paul ends up sticking around that it's, it's Vogel's going to command the other guys into great positions to help these stars uh, get over. Well, as long as Booker sleeps better at night, knowing that uh, Vogel's not going to steal his bitch. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I did mention the Voida trade before. This is uh, what John put up earlier today, which raised my eyebrows. I thought it was um, it was actually very, very interesting because of the fit of each of these players within the teams that they would head to. So the Sixers would get Chris Paul, the Suns would get DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso, and the Chicago Bulls would get James Harden. I'm sure there'd be other little bits and pieces in there, but what are your thoughts around that type of setup? I mean, obviously, it would strengthen the mid-range mafia, bringing DeMar DeRozan in, but then we'd, um, if we're still maintaining... Uh, if we're still maintaining DeAndre Ayton in the team as well, it means we're basically going to have four guys hanging around the foul line looking for jump shots, right? <clears throat> Whew, yeah. Well, let me – yeah, that's fucking cl- – that's cluttered as fuck in that mid-range. Them elbows, man, they're going to be fucking tripping over each other. It's going to be <laughs> – unless there was a way to stagger it in a special – I don't know, you can't fucking stagger that. You don't fucking you don't bench any of these guys, and I don't know. Um, look, DeRozan is a nice. It, I'd like I'd prefer to see DA move out if you're getting another mid range guy. Um, hey, hey, James Harden, does he even have an appetite to play for Chicago? Because he's going to have to want to sign because he doesn't have to. Potentially sign not. Potentially not. But I guess there's a there's a yeah. I, I guess that's part of that'd have to come as part of a sign and trade, right? Because he's a free agent, unless he opts in. And then and he can he, be if, and then he can if, be waived. If he opts in, it's on the proviso that he's happy to go to Chicago. So I just don't Not see really. To- Not really. He can go to Chicago and Chicago can waive him if he opts, opts in. And I think if Chicago's going to look at if they're moving on from a DeRozan and a Levine and a Vucevic, which is highly likely. Um, let's be honest, the, the Bulls are going to go back to rebuilding. Are you saying Chicago wave James fucking Patrick Harden, whatever his mm-hmm. middle name They don't do that, yeah. man. Clear What's the cap space. Man? He looks like a Patrick. <laughs> it does. It does. He does, doesn't he? Um, no, no. Look, if they, if they were to get their hands on him, on his contract like that, he doesn't get waived. It's, it's, it, it's, it's guaranteed. It's not non-guaranteed. They'd have to eat that money. Um, and, bro, that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. So it'd be a scenario where, if anything, there'd be a, a subsequent trade made after that with James, Hard going, James Harden going elsewhere. Um, Potentially that too. Potentially a, that a fourth, too. A fourth team maybe. I, uh, look, I still think I still think the, the most realistic thing is that Harden signs as a free agent with uh, Houston after opting out. Can you guys explain that to me? I keep hearing that he has an interest in going to Houston, but Houston's a bad team. Like, uh, Money. Why, why would Money. you want to go he there? I think he James Harden only. Right? I think James Harden only cares about that max contract that he can get right now. I don't. But think is the theory that uh, Philly just won't lock him in long term, but Houston might? Uh, 
Philly can't give him... He took a cut to mm-hmm. try and win this title in Philly. When they didn't do it, he went, well, now I'm going to go back and get my dollars. That's that's the way I read it, okay. is that he's gone... In, in his mind, he's gone, I don't really care about the chip anymore. All I care about is the money. And there's... And well, that makes the strip clubs, super attractive to your team. And the, and the strip clubs in Houston are way better than Philly. <laughs> But not as good as Chicago, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be the main man again, right? Uh, That's the way I I sort of feel it. He really hasn't had that since he left Houston. Um, So if there's a way for him to to get back there and get that. And um, look, and ultimately Houston, they've got some nice pieces there. They've got some, um, they could could, um, do some, you know, creative thinking and trading and, and signing and, and add, add a few pieces around Harden to have have another go at that Harden ran offense um, that did so well for so many years. So they might they've certainly got tradable pieces, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So look, um, yeah, look, I think um, I don't think that Harden isn't interested in getting a chip. I think that's still a thing. I think he's just um, he's floundering. He's at that. That that middle, uh, you know, that guy in his thirties, that ex superstar who's gone to a couple of teams, and he doesn't really coexist really well with other major superstars. It's um, yeah. So I think he he'd prefer to have a whole bunch of role players that play his way, and he can mold into whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, it didn't work in Brooklyn. Obviously, it hasn't really worked in um, um, Philadelphia. So yeah, I think. Um, Houston is his thing, I think. Anyway, fuck James Harden. Um, <laughs> let's let's just get through a couple of these other ones that have been thrown up. Quick, good call. Yes or no response, Gary Harris. Yes, do love me some Gary Harris. We we some thumbs up around the table for uh, Gary Harris type coming into the oh, roster. Great three D uh, two guard. Is he uh, unrestricted? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, he finished up his contract in Orlando, and Orlando's probably not going to keep him around. Yeah, yeah, go. I think he um he probably wants one of our exceptions, as in um the biannual or the MLE, which I would he's probably... he's contracted he's con- contracted but non guaranteed, non guaranteed twenty three twenty four thirteen million. Oh. They'd have to Shame buy money. him. They're going to want to uh, get something back for him. Shame so it. They want Shamit. Exact same money. Shamit is here. We got a young up-and-comer, a guy that's seen a lot of playoff experience. You're guaranteed he, at least a second-round exit. He had a whole good game. Someone <laughs> Can someone get a, um, um, a mixtape of that playoff game where Shamit Fucking shot the lights out. Send it to Orlando and say, "Hey, what's up, yeah, with do, Gary Harris?" You know, it's not really a mixtape. Just the one game. You know, you know who we can get to do a do a Shamit um, shout out video? Jay Crowder. Jay, Jay And talking about Jay Crowder, who wants oh, Jay no. Crowder back? No, no more talk about this cunt. <laughs> you know, Coach MD brings up a great point. This is something that I think we were all hearing in a. a it's been harder and harder to kind of make sense of, but with the new um, con or the, the new agreement for the, uh, the NBA, we won't have the mid-level exception 
if we go too far above certain things, right? I don't know if that it, did they. I don't know what happened to the was it the bi, biennium exception or not, but um, that, that that's going to be and that that's why that a lot of we, is that what we love use you, Voida. What's that? Is that what we use to sign ish? We might have used part of it. I, I think you can break it up into smaller pieces, uh, but. Uh, well, I think I thought we just did a mid or uh, just a minimum contract for ish. Look, Boyd actually knows something. Look at that shit. We we Are might have sure used a little bit of the mid level for Ross. Uh, no, we we definitely signed Ross to a minimum. I know okay. that. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that we See, might have signed it. Boyd, Boyd works for Lisa's Media, level, so but... it's it's one of those yeah, things that a, he's got the inside the cap uh, talk. So. Yeah. He recently learned how to do maths. So he's actually looking at salary caps now. Yeah. So uh, Coach Evan B, Coach Evan B wants us to stay away from the stars. DeRozan, Kyrie. Um, I think that's more of a focus around the the bits and pieces. Um, are we interested? Are we more or less interested in, in Dylan Brooks with Frankie Ooh. Fingers as the coach? I would say less interested. Again, I I, I think Frank's the kind of guy that takes players. That aren't necessary. That are either average defensively and makes them look above average or good defensively. He doesn't take people that really are bad offensively and makes them look, uh, you know, better. Like Dylan. Dylan's a good defender. He's a horrible offensive player um, and a horrible human being. That too. I mean, have you seen his face? Boyd oh, wants to punch it to this day. Yeah, yeah I'm. Hey, I'm not a fan of uh, Dylan Brooks, but uh, hey, we do, do need remember- a prick. Remember the first time we were looking at trading for Kyrie Irving uh, with Eric Bledsoe, and he was just locker room poison. And then wasn't everywhere it, uh, he went, wasn't it, everywhere, wasn't everywhere the Kyrie he trade around Josh Jackson? Yeah, it was Josh and, Jackson, yeah. and then and Bledsoe, Bledsoe yeah. was in on it, wasn't it? He was part of that. Good thing we didn't do that, guys. Josh Jackson's going to take off any day now <laughs> for another yeah, country. Ask, He's going to take ask off Justin. for another sport. The more, was, the more we talked about uh, over the years actually getting Kyrie, I kind of warmed up to it because at least he was a superstar. But Dylan Brooks gives him the same vibe and he's a piece of shit. Wait, yeah. Dylan Brooks has the same vibe to you as this of a No, the, the, the locker room poison. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so he this is the greatest this, defender uh, of all time. <laughs> This is a good statement. I, I tend to agree with. I don't know what your thoughts are, but either way, our backup guards have got to be defensive-minded. Harris, Caruso, McConnell, etc. Oh, fuck, yeah. if you could yeah. get all three of those, you'd just sit exactly. there and just play with yourself. <laughs> That'd be great. So rank them three. Out of them three, guys, one, two, and three, your preference? I'm taking Caruso because he's the youngest. I love me some white meat. Bring the, bring the Caruso on. And he looks like Elmer Fudd. Uh, give me TJ McConnell because he, he can actually create a little bit more offense. The other guys are a little bit – the ball kind of stops in their hands. And isn't he um, Isn't he an AZ boy? Been, McConnell's been playing second fiddle for a long time now, hasn't he, though? Oh, he's had spot minutes um, filling in. And, he, and he's really serviceable as that distributing point guard. Yeah, I'm um, saying the pull pass is your proper contract. Yeah, and he's not getting one with us, so um, he just has to <laughs> continue in doing what he's doing. Yeah, mine is um, um, fuck me, um, Caruso, Caruso McConnell, and then Gary Harris, County Crowd of the Third, John to the rescue. Well, I'm uh, sorry, John, it's been John thirty-five Wall minutes. Is, John Wall is looking at playing in Australia, so money's not big for him, obviously. 
should we entertain the idea of him in our team? I'm still all for John Moore. Depending on his health, I'd take a flyer on him. Absolutely. Yeah. I think his health's been pretty good recently. So he hasn't really played much, but um, yeah, no, I think um, I think we take a flyer just as a as a backup guy. But in saying that, guys, I'm um, I was listening. Can you guys hear my kids? By the way, just quietly. Yeah, we okay. always. Just always. Only when fuck. they scream. Right, let me mute for a minute. You guys talk ahead until these guys shut the fuck up. Hang on. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Where we were just about thirty, well now over thirty six minutes in, and we haven't found out. I mean, uh, Gavin, are your kids having waffles or pancakes uh, this uh, episode? No, they had um, they had egg and bacon this morning. I, I hooked them up with some egg and bacon, so that no waffles or pancakes this morning. Um, but Australian talking, breakfast is like the exact talking, same as American breakfast. Isn't it? Talking about, um, talking they actually about call it an food. American breakfast here. <laughs> yeah, it, we do it's call it an American, American breakfast, here. breakfast in Singapore. Um, talking about meat though uh, and food, I I love this Darth Voider, Dylan Hamburger meat face Brooks the fourth. If 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 somehow Dylan Brooks ends up, I can't wait to see the hamburger meat face drop. <laughs> on the Suns Jam session. That'd that be would one. be absolutely amazing. Um, look, McConnell is getting a lot of love in the chat. Yes, sir, I love McConnell. Uh, McConnell definitely seems like a Vogel guy. Uh, kangaroo bacon and blue waffles. Um, so <laughs> so generally, we've got, a, we've got a general idea, and I think what people in the chat and the people in here are saying is that we're really looking to fill our bench out with guys that can play that defensive role and potentially hit a shot, right? That's that's where we're going. But the big question for me, with Frank Vogel coming on, we've been speaking about it a lot. Does that mean that DeAndre Ayton stays or goes? The talk will continue to happen. There'll be plenty of it. But does DA, with Vogel there, does he stay or does he go? Jake, you're unsure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that is a stay. That is a Roman emperor stay in the end for me. Yeah, I, I'm like I said. Uh, I started kind of thinking about who Vogel has coached. Uh, the Roy Herberts, uh, Vucevic, um, Dwight Howard, Javale McGee, AD uh, in Los Angeles. He's actually had some names that we've at least recognized, and with maybe the exception of Vucevic in Orlando and his time in Orlando was horrible because Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and I can't remember who the third guy was were, were their best players and they still couldn't get things done. Uh, but he takes these centers uh, and get squeezes something out of them. Now, I don't know if Aiton's offense would improve, but what's been one of the – we were dogging him all season about – actually for the last couple seasons about – getting block shots. And Monty basically told him, if you look at his stats, he was getting close to two blocks a game before Monty came in. Monty came in and basically said, stop swiping at the ball, just stand straight up. And his blocks dropped uh, less than one, I think, a game. And uh, and he stayed out of foul trouble, but he was never really getting in that bad of foul trouble, I didn't think, it, it early on anyway, for a young uh, center. So I uh, think he got in more foul trouble. in NBA Finals. Oh, God. <laughs> Against Giannis, you yeah. have to okay. You have to foul him there. But I mean, I'm just saying, I'm expecting a much hungrier DA 
commanding that deep. He kind of likes defense, and I could see him kind of getting excited about calling some shots and just throwing some balls back into the stands. So I think uh, D.A. is more likely to stay than go now. I don't think D.A. was that bad defensively. I, look, I, I think he, he was absolutely the anchor of this team defensively for the past few seasons. My, tr- my problem, I guess my trouble is that we need more of a rim presence on offense, right? The the little the little jump soft hooks and and that sort of stuff. We just can't keep having that. Um, and Hamo mentioned it before. A guy like Stephen Adams, we've spoken about it on the show before. Reality is, we have to be able to trade for him. Mm. The rumors are that he is on the trade block um, because the Grizzlies want to see more Brandon Clark at center. Um, that's that's all fantastic, but do we have the pieces that the Grizzlies would want um, in a trade for Stephen Adams? I think it's probably unlikely, right? Um, we already mentioned free agent, we can't say him. <laughs> yeah, they got to replace that, a John Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I think Luke Kennard fills the uh, Landry Shamit role out there. Do they really want two of them? And they're getting rid of Dylan Brooks, that man who shoots uh, a jump shot with his foot on the line eight seconds into a. Um, into a, or four seconds into a shot clock, do they really, really need that? Well, we don't need it either. So. <laughs> so here's the comment. It's irresponsible to have $430 million, uh, $430 million contracts on a team with a new CBA. He's calling by Chris Paul and by DeAndre Ayton. Well, and, and let me clarify. I don't necessarily think that next year we're in the finals with DA as our starting center. I'm thinking more that DA has moved to not being moved this off season because I think his value will increase under Frank Vogel uh, for a potential trade deadline trade. Um, I could see that a lot more likely, um, but no, I, I would agree with Voida though. I mean, because of the new CBA, right. It's going to be Paul and Aiton are our best trade chips. Um, and Paul's going to be on an expiring contract essentially. And exactly. And that's how I felt about uh, CP3's, you know, health history in the playoffs. I just, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, DA is going to be the young center that I think when he takes off defensively under Vogel, um, some young team's going to say, oh, we, we can send you some pieces for him. Yeah, I think, um, look, I, I, we spoke about it on a couple, uh, couple of pods ago. I think the the most likely landing place for a CP3 is somewhere like Boston, who could use a wiser head with the two guys. And they're clearly going to keep Tatum and Brown, right? But they need a wiser head that can structure around that. So whether it's a DA, whether it's a CP3, I could see that around a Boston. And we spoke about a Brogdon and potentially off the back of a Brogdon bringing in a Robert Williams. CP3 might not hate that trade either if he's got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because that keeps him in contendership. That keeps that puts him in the East for a change. Yeah, that might actually be. Vi- I hadn't actually thought about that as far as a um, you know fit. Because and there's the- been a, there's been a quite a bit of talk around Brogdon um, as a potential to come in as that guy off the bench. Yeah, but what about the guy off the starting lineup? <laughs> we, Who, uh, we're right back to where we started without a, a real starting point guard. If you want, well, if you want did we do we did we really play um, a point guard this season? I, yeah, mean, well, Brogdon I mean, Brogdon could 
Brogdon could go straight into the starting lineup as the point guard. Brogdon could absolutely go straight into the starting lineup as a point guard. What would you say with Marcus Smart and Robert Williams instead of Brogdon? More defense, not as good of a creator. But again, as you point out, Booker and Durant will be doing a lot of the creating. And he's a and he's a prick. And we do exactly, and we finally get you know our Jay Crowder back. He's he's less of a piece of shit than Dylan Brooks. True. Great. Yeah. <laughs> just choking on some shit there. <laughs> That's what Marcus uh, Smart but, will do every single game to the. Opponent. I do agree with Blaze here. Um, Booker Booker is kind of our point guard now. I I think he's sort of slotted into more of the ball control and bringing the ball up. Um, basketball is positionless now. I I just don't I just don't see the need to have just a a one person bringing the ball up and setting up the offense, um, especially with Vogel as the coach now. With Monty, maybe because we ran more structured plays pre Kevin Durant, we ran more structured plays with the elbows and all that sort of stuff. Once Durant came in, it became a little bit more ISO ball between Booker, KD. Um, but with Vogel, he's more of a defensive guy and probably not as much of an offensive guy. So the set plays probably aren't there as much. Um, it doesn't just, matter who brings the ball up. Just thinking off the top of my head, this might make no sense whatsoever, but you guys are basketball nerds. What are Brogdon's and Steve Adams' salaries? Steve Adams is 12 and a half right. for next year. Really? He's, d- he's yeah. down to 12? Wait. Yeah, 12 and a half. 12, 12.6 to be. Is that non guaranteed money? Because I thought he was a lot higher. All, he's he was fully, in, yeah, fully guaranteed. In the 20s. Yeah, fully guaranteed. 12. And what's Brogdon on? Uh, Brogdon is... Oh, Robert uh, he's, he's close to 20. Yeah, uh, Brogdon's over 20. He, That's why I was yeah. like, I'm smart. Uh, I think he was 17-ish this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so Brogdon's 22 and a half. Right. I'm just thinking in my head, obviously, with CP3 salary, you know, if we could bring in Steve Adams and Brogdon in like a three-team trade, I don't know how it would work for Boston, but... You know, a lot of people do talk about the three-team trade thing, but does it happen that often? There's a lot of mechanics there, and I just don't see it as often as what people might think it'll happen. So there's potentially two different trades there. And I think, and going off the back of what John said before, I think there's two potential trades that the Suns can make in this offseason, one being the CP3 trade on its own and one the DA trade on its own with pieces attached to that, whether it be Shamit, whether it be... Cameron Payne, whether it be whoever it is, I think we're going to see the potential of two different trades. For me, I could see um, Chris Paul potentially ending up in either Memphis or Boston. Both of them need a more experienced head. Um, so you could look at a CP3 and another piece for a Stephen Adams. Uh, sorry, CP3 for a Stephen Adams and another piece. Um, you could look at a DA into Boston because Boston are screaming about a centre um, and you bring DA or you bring Marcus Smart and Robert Williams back for a DA. So I think there's the potential for two trades there for the Suns in this offseason. Well, and and you, if you looked at that Celtics series, I mean, I, I like Jalen Brown as a player, but my goodness, you cannot have him try and create your offense. Uh, it, the amount of turnovers that poor man was uh, – causing his team uh and then especially when tatum tatum in those clutch games we saw it last year right he becomes 
super inefficient on his shooting. A Chris Paul, there, there's not a lot of teams that's going to value a Chris Paul like a Boston Celtics team would that can say, okay, he'll slow it down. He won't cause the turnovers. And we can run Jalen Brown and Tatum off screens and get a lot better shots. I That's why I really think a CP3 trade to Boston, getting either a Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, mixture of those guys, there could be a lot of value there. Plus it's different conferences. You, you see that a little bit more often because you don't want to trade within you the same. Throw, throw in Al Horford just so that um, Boyd can have a chubby out of it too. Hey, guys, I, um, I think that well, here's, here's my tinfoil hat moment. I think that maybe uh, there's some sort of uh, conversations there with um, Fogel during the uh, contract negotiations, the interviews. Maybe he said, look, your top four or top three guys, we can, um, I can do something with them. I can turn them around. Maybe there's, um, there's going to be less, less movement and more building around the edges than we think. Maybe that's the reason that we got him. Um, the, the be upset with that. Uh, health is the one thing that just like the yeah. CP3 just can't stay in the game. So, uh, how do you build a guy around a brand of guys that sits on the bench? Yeah, yeah. Look, and I don't know, CP3 at the stage where he's willing to do what we wanted him to do two seasons ago and and um and and play 27 28 minutes a game and and preserve himself. That, that 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 could come into play. I mean, the guy's what turning thirty nine, or was it thirty eight mm. this this year? Uh, I, just, I, just, I just think that having I think having um, Fogel is a big um, it's a, it's it's a big thing with getting the most out of DeAndre Ayton's uh, uh, defensive side, um, seeing seeing that ceiling more consistently. And I think if we do see that, similar to what um, you were saying, Jake, is um, he will have a lot more trade value leading up to the trade deadline with uh, with some reps under Fogel. I think that's um, that's more likely. So I don't think there's going to be many splashes this offseason. I think that we not so much run it run it back, but um, there's going to be a large large portion of what we saw last year, the last season. Um, um, in our in our core, at mm-hmm. least until the trade deadline, I think. Well, and that's and- that's going to be the discussion point over the off season, right? Is there's everybody's going to be in different spots, and we we see it in the chat today. We've got a lot of people saying CP3 isn't a good fit. Aiton needs to go. This this and that, and then there's people that say, well, with Vogel coming in, they they have a lot more confidence that Aiton is going to be. Um, going to be a lot more, a, a lot better fit within the lineup with Vogel as the coach. And there's people saying that, you know, CP3 is still going to be um, valuable to the lineup. We're going to see this right throughout the offseason where people, me personally, I'd, I'd love to see DA stay. Um, I think that we're at a point now where it, it's gone too far. We have to move on his contract and bring something else in. In saying um, that, and, and with CP3, with CP3, his contract is built for us to move this year. Um, Gav, and you and look, you you could be one hundred percent right with the whole DA thing, but look at the look at the lackluster packages that we're looking at for DA, given his recent play. Um, I think that I think that under Fogel's um, um, tuition, I think that we can get up to uh, you know much more of a star return. For DA, 
after we get some reps into him this year in this new system, I think it's going... I think uh, there's enough demand for DA. What's that? I think there's enough demand for DA to get a yeah, I think, fucking I, good package for him now. I think, I, think we could, I think we wouldn't have an issue trading him, but it could be the difference between, you know, we're looking at these sort of mid, mid-level type centres and, and some good rotation pieces coming back. He could play himself into um, the conversation of a Pascal Siakam type trade. Now that that for the Phoenix Suns is that type of a trade compared to what I think we can get for him now. I think would suit us a lot better, of course. But yeah, I think I think that's the that's the difference between where we are at now as far as trade value and where we could get to, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'm, so- I'm all for keeping on. Did I have did did I have too many beers last night? Yeah, probably because I'm pretty sure what I just said was that it's gone too far with DA and we have to trade him. Yeah, but we found out in the last episode that Boyd doesn't listen. (laughs) No, I'm (laughs) I'm not talking about Boyd. I'm talking about these guys in the chat. Big shot, Gav, the DA apologist. You can't spell Gavin loves DA with Gavin. I just said that we have to trade him. It's gone too far. (laughs) Boy, it did just say he's been kicked by the mules that he's been drinking, though. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, though, to you guys. Uh, Roy Hibbert, did you know who he was before his success with the Pacers? And do you know what he did after Frank Vogel left? Probably not. Uh, what happened to Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee after they won a title with the Lakers with Frank Vogel? Nothing. I but mean, they all he, played in China? He, increases, <laughs> he increases the values of these guys. I think uh, – well, and to, to kind of underline your point, uh, Boyd, I, I think you're right because have you ever done a job interview where you go in you go, okay, you should hire me because I'm going to change everything you guys are doing here. I'm going to get rid of all the these people. No, you you hire somebody that says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, you know, help all get all the potential out of the people you've got. But I think you're right. He's going to increase the value of a Chris Paul, increase the value of a DeAndre Ayton, doesn't mean they're going to be around for very long. They could go before the trade deadline, um, ideally, for, you know, if we get pieces back, you want to integrate them faster. But um, I, I really – I'll be a little bit more surprised if either one of them go – and unless a team gets really hungry for something. Um, you know, like I said, like a Boston Celtics or something and says, you know, Chris Paul is going to not turn the ball over, uh, you know, against uh, the eighth seed in the East uh, too often. So. <laughs> And I don't I'm mind at, this one. I don't mind I'm this one here. Jose Alvarado. <laughs> Jose Alvarado, yeah. Um, I, I don't mind this one here. Trade CP3 in the offseason and give DA to the deadline. I'm okay with that. Look, I, I still love the fact that I think that there's some real value out of Boston. And, Jake, you've um, you've made me think even more now around the Marcus Smart instead of the Brogdon. Um, but either one of those two with a Robert Williams, I think, would be really nice. Even if we gave DA till the deadline and Robert Williams came in as our backup centre, um, I think either way that that would work really nicely. And if DA doesn't buy in by the deadline, we've hey maybe he might, and we get even more value out of it. Hmm. Floyd made a comment earlier on about Aiton and wanting to be here. I share a similar thought that I think he's a lazy bastard and he's just got to – he doesn't seem to have the drive that – like you look at the way he plays next to, to Booker and he just doesn't have that self-drive. And 
I mean, we, we know somebody else that formerly of the organisation shared a similar comment um, about his behaviour. That was Sava calling him a lazy something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, um, uh, look, and I think I think you're right. I just think mindset-wise, DA's checked out of Phoenix. So it's um, it's it's probably, for me, I, uh, let's trade both of them in the off-season, reset that. We've got Booker and KD. Um, let's put the pieces around them. Um, now, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to bring up something that I read on Twitter the other day. Mindful, we're getting on in time here. Um, I read this on Twitter the other day, and I thought it'd be interesting to throw out and get people's opinions on this. Um, I don't necessarily believe it, but I am going to, as we did last week, Boyd, play the devil's advocate and look at the potential of this. Do you think, do you guys think that Matt Ishbiar is starting to meddle too much? And if he does, do you think that will have a negative impact on what happens with the Suns going forward? Let's start with you, Jake. And you want me to be devil's advocate? No, no, I just want your opinion on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, is he meddling uh, too much? Uh, no. Um, he's a multi-billionaire who just got a shiny new toy. I mean, he's he wants to play with it a little bit. I So I understand the excitement of getting in and making it your own a little bit. And he did. He purchased the team mid-season, so we didn't really get to see him put his stamp on it too much. Besides him, you know, getting us a free throw, something that no other owner's ever done in the playoffs. Way to go, Matt Ishbia. Um, it could it be potentially bad if he does it too much? Yes, absolutely. Um, because I think he, you have to have a bit of an ego to accumulate that kind of money, and he's used to, you know, he played basketball before so there's going to be a little bit of that hey i i know things too and i'm friends with isaiah thomas and he's smart and i trust him um so there will be a line that he can cross i don't think he's crossed it yet night yeah i'm fine with it <laughs> everything everything the smart jake just said do you, I agree do with you have a do you have a level i 100 agree with the shiny new toy analogy um we we saw an owner constantly meddle and not actually improve anything. This guy's come in, meddled, and immediately improved everything. Um, he's making decisions, just like decisive ones. Like you're not not pandering around, just coming and getting things done. Like the the, the Kevin Durant thing got done. Monty uh, for the negative of it got done. They moved on. So he's making changes that need to be changed for success, I guess. We can't just keep repeating the same thing, and he's just cutting it. We're not going to re repeat the same thing, Boyd. Yeah, I think we're kind of we're kind of at the line now. We're at the cutoff line for his, uh, you know, jumping in and and making things happen. So to date, everything that he's done, apart from me personally wanting Monty to stay because he's a nice guy, um, has been nice has been for the betterment <laughs> of the team and in the grand scheme of it um it's very much what twitter would have liked you know he's done everything for the uh you know for the broadcast deal that he's going to be getting out to so many more homes he's um he's brought in one of the best players of all time he's um you know he's he's made a swift move with the coaching so to date he's um i don't think he's gone past the line but i think we're there now i think now is the time where now we're getting into the transactional stage where it's more so um, 
it should be on James Jones now. And I think we'll we'll if we see too much more, we could be going down that path. But in saying that, you know, as long as he's not running around dacking staff members and pretending <laughs> the you know doing the old gobby the gobby thing at the Christmas parties and all that sort of shit, leaving goats <laughs> in the fucking office of James Jones. You know, as long as yeah, he's that, not was that, that was Ryan McDonough. That was Ryan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as he's not doing that sort of shit to James Jones, I don't think that we um that we get to that panic level. Um, I last week did though. That was so funny. Those stories. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, was so good... from from my from my point of view, um, after the Vogel thing, and when I read this tweet, it made me sit back and think, and I I sort of went, you know what? It, we're at the line that potential line where it could disrupt the output of the players and, and start to add a level of uncertainty throughout the actual on-court product. But yeah, then, but then, oh. but then, wait. There's because no players left. <laughs> what do you mean there's no players left? What have we got, like four under contract? <laughs> yes, six, I think. Seven. <laughs> Seven <laughs> under contract. Um, no, no, but, but I think I think the, there was the potential for that to happen. But then this happened by his move to ensure that Kevin Young stayed, I think he well and truly balanced the decision to hire Frank Vogel. And then I was pretty much okay with it. So uh, as long as as long as long everything he does continues to have checks and balances, I'm more than happy for him to continue to get in there and, um, and have an impact. Because we've all been asking for an owner that's willing to spend and willing to come in and have an impact. We have it now. Um, and as long as he's he's smart enough to keep the checks and balances in place, I think it's a real positive. James Jones if, might not think so at times. If anyone out there hasn't listened to last week's pod, uh, don't. It's a waste of time now. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate. We're supposed to be pushing our numbers up, mate. We're <laughs> fucking hell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, drop a like for the cunts. That's it. Exactly right. Go back and watch our shit. Don't listen to Nate. Um, <laughs> the least you'll get is a laugh out of what we did because Boyd and I got really, really spicy last week. Um, gents. I would kill everyone in this room for a drop of sweet beer. So, Homer, please feel free to tell us anything. Who do you want to have a beer with this week, Boyd? I want to have a beer with Lasers. <laughs> you want to now. I want to give him all the good advice on Lisa's Media and taking it to the next level. I've got the people. I've got people ready to come with me on board, and uh, you know. Um, are you are you are you pulling a? Um, are I you pulling a, fucking... a, a bright side of the sun and poaching people from our fucking. I club? I have the best equipment manager in the fucking world, and and I and I know. I know that we can come in there and we can make changes, Kevin Durant level changes to Lisa's media. So um, I think he's Andrew, if you're out there, mate, and you're listening, he was going to pop in today, actually. He might get on the next one. Um, mate, we are we are ready. We are ready to come there. We are ready to affect change and just fucking take Lisa's media to the next level. Let's have a beer and talk about it, mate. Good question. Boyd, are you accredited now? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, who do you want to have a beer with? Mate, this week it's Adam Silver. 
there's just so many things going on with like the the jar suspension and what's adequate and what's not. The whole in-season tournament thing, uh, what it changes to the rules around uh, what was it, the flopping rules change again, or there's other comments. There's just so many different rumors floating around. I think I'd just sit down and you could have a really nice conversation with Silver and get some facts, get some insp- inspiration. Call it, call it that. I think it'd be a good chat. Jake, who would you like to have a beer with this week? It's going to be uh, the newest coach of the Phoenix Suns, Frank Vogel, uh, the the guy with the resting bitch face that nobody's excited about. I want a beer with that guy because I saw how goofy he got and how much fun he got after he won the Lakers title that I want to see him get a little bit more fun moving forward. So I'm telling you guys, I think he's going to be like that that kind of dorky guy that we all work with that we just he just consistently produces things. You might not want to hang out with them a whole lot, you know, like playing, you know, hoops uh, with them uh, on the, you know, some basketball court, but you're kind of impressed with the work he puts out. So, uh, yeah, Frank Vogel. Let's have a, I'm let's impressed have a with that picture you put up of him. What, are, what's, what type of cigars do they actually hand out at the NBA Finals? <laughs> you question. should know this. This is this is your area of uh, Puff Patisse. <laughs> Uh, you know, I bet I feel like it to me, I it's got to be one of those deals where they get Cubans in, right? Like, I mean, even though Cubans are illegal in the U.S., like it's kind of like when you see like fancy, like rich people smoking weed when they're like in a state that it's illegal, <laughs> then you're like, oh, I don't I think they're going to get in trouble for that. But like cops never do anything. So I'm, I would guess it's probably Cubans. Well, he looks good with one. Let's let's hope he does it again this year or next year, but, you know, this season. <laughs> Coach, coach is all over, uh, fallen founder today. Um, I'd like to have a beer with 36 Unbothered and just to find out what their thought process was within this whole coaching um, thing from the replacement or, or the moving on of Monty all the way through to the hiring of Frank Vogel and just how strong, especially Devin Booker's feelings were towards putting Kevin Young in the seat. Um, I'd, I'd love to find out that info. It'd be great. You've got to wonder how much of it was processed, though, right? Like, you're hiring at a job, sometimes you've got to advertise and you've got to interview a bunch of dickheads just to give the job to the one person you wanted to anyway. So you've got to wonder how much of that might be in play as well, along with balancing out what does Booker want, keeping the assistant coach involved, all that just... Maybe this was the plan the whole time. It potentially was, and uh, I'd just love to know the background of it from start to finish and exactly how they saw it. Um, next up. Time for the flog of the week, and trust me, they are ugly. Very unattractive. Google their face when you're done here. Just before we go into our flogs, if anyone's got any questions that you'd like us to answer, put them in the chat now, and we can run through them quickly after we do our flog. Also, if you'd like to throw your own Flog of the Week in the chat, make sure you do so. Boyd, who's your Flog of the Week? Uh, mate, my Flog of the Week um, is uh, Lisa's. Um, funny enough, it's Lisa's. <laughs> because um, we, we, uh, we invited him to come along today. We gave him a whole 15 minutes notice and um, he didn't fucking, he didn't drop everything in his life and jump on. And talk shit with us. So, fuck you, Lisas, mate. Um, you know, this uh, this relationship is off to a, a, a rocky start. So, yeah, yeah. 
I haven't really got a strong uh, flogger this week. I could say you again for the super early start on this pod, well, but at least you showed up. Yeah, you showed up this week. Each week, I suppose. <laughs> um, I did kind of hint at anyone that was at Cancun last week taking selfies the week after they failed their team, of which one was LeBron James and. And I might just call him my flog again this week because now he's come out and said, oh, I'm not really retiring. It was just f- season fatigue, you know. Just always saying some bullshit to keep himself in the media even when he sucks dick. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's probably as close to flog as I'm going to get this week. Jake, who's your flog of the week? Oh, I can't. I can't top any of these. <laughs> it's just sounds to such an amazing start of flogging. Um, I was going to say uh, uh, Donald Trump because he stopped uh, the uh, acquisition of Cuban cigars in uh, this great country of USA. Um, but uh, so, but Joe Biden actually has continued that. So I'm going to double down and say the last uh, uh, two U.S. presidents, uh, Mr. Current Joe, Bri- Joe Biden and uh, Mr. Donald Trump, uh, definite flogs for not allowing us to access uh, Cuban cigars. Come on. The rest of the world gets to enjoy. It's absolutely ridiculous. At a premium, though, <laughs> you pay through the nose. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I know a guy in Idaho. Um, he can hook you up, man. Talk to you after. Of course you do. I, uh, I absolutely agree with this. Darth Voider, massive flog, Australia's winters, because it's fucking freezing, and I'm pissed off about it. My flog of the week is Jason R. McIntyre. On the herd with Colin Cowherd, his oh. comment was... The Suns hiring Frank Vogel. Frank is walking into a really toxic situation in Phoenix. Really? You know that it's massively toxic, do you? You have no fucking idea. That team played eight games with Kevin Durant and took Denver to six games. And we're seeing how good Denver really is this year during this playoff series. Yeah. And the Suns were there. Whoever called that toxic's a cockhead. Absolute massive flog. Like, I get that your job is going on the herd and going on these. It's like Shannon Sharp and all these other fucking idiots and Kendrick Perkins who have to make big clickbait statements so that people will click on what what it is that you say. But like Kendrick Perkins, stop making yourself look like a fucking idiot because it all comes back and bites you on the ass. You know what? He he prefaced it all on Kevin Durant being a coach killer, it sounded like. Um, He said that Kevin Durant doesn't want to coach. And Kyrie what? Irving uh, didn't want to coach. Yeah, quick question. Did um, he have any issues in OKC or Golden State um, with like Steve Kerr? He didn't have issues with Monty. He didn't have issues with Steve Kerr. Who was the coach? Was it Donovan? Was it, was it Donovan in um, um, OKC? Yeah, yeah um, I think it was. Donovan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have issues with him. He's literally and, had and, issues once. And it which was, was Steve Kyrie. Nash, right? And it, it was, was Steve in, Nash. it was it was Steve Nash, mm. and it was in in a Kyrie environment. You don't give that any weight, like fuck me. And then and then he didn't have any issues with Monty either. It's no, it's the team. Exactly. It was Ishbia that decided to move on from Monty. I'm pretty sure that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker would have been more than happy to go around again with Monty after having a full off season. Yep. It was just that yep. Ishbia decided that the the Suns need to go in a different direction. So if you want to talk about toxic, like. The only thing that's toxic is Colin Cowherd giving you a platform to fucking talk. 
<laughs> Fuck yeah, off. Go back to nothing. Piss off. Fucking moron. Cocky. Fuck you, Jason. Um, guys, uh, we haven't received any questions in the um, in the chat, so I guess we've answered everything for everyone today. It's a lot of question. It looks like uh, our friend over here. Um, uh, unfortunately, he couldn't bring Earl Watson with him today. But Jake, what's your question? All right. Um, all right. So now that we know that Kevin Young is now the highest paid assistant or associate head coach in, in the league, and he'll be backing up new coach Frank Vogel, is there any concern? that this is a Terry Porter, but we're keeping Alvin Gentry on type situation where if Frank Vogel doesn't get things changed in a short amount of time, he's out and we'll go back to Kevin Young. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they do the Absolutely. same thing in LA? And they put Jason Kidd behind him? Yeah. But Jason obviously didn't get the job. In no, the end, right? no, because, yeah. because no, they, they went and won the title they, yeah. in the bubble. But they, so, backed, they backed it up, right? They put a backup plan <laughs> right next to him. Yeah. Yeah. And look, there's, there's every chance that that's absolutely what they're doing. Um, if it, if things don't turn around and it doesn't work out, well, they've got the ready-made replacement to step right up straight behind him. Maybe. Lovin's getting paid in the meantime. So. I mean, it's not a, it's not a massive coaching deal. It's a, it's like, it's, no, a, it's, it's not 31 well over five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just, uh, we'll just gobble that up and fucking, um, get Ty Lu when he comes off. Ooh. <laughs> Ty Lou, we can talk about Ty fucking Lou again. Uh, <laughs> I love it when John, uh, Mr. Darth Voider in the chat. It's late Saturday afternoon, and here I am drinking, watching this shit. I'm so uncool. I think that watch, sitting there drinking and watching this shit makes you the coolest dude in the world. So cool. That's that's what we Franklin? do. Are you with where Franklin? else? Yeah. Where else in the US could you be sitting there drinking, watching us, and dropping the C bomb over and over again? And, and petting a turtle. And petting a turtle, tortoise. The coolest of the cool. Tortoise. I mean, Nate does that in Singapore, but he has to pay extra for it. That's exactly <laughs> right, yeah. <It's> a... <laughs> um, do the Suns trade DA on, uh, on draft day. Oh, a draft day. Oh, I can't wait for the draft, even though we're at 52. I think it's... <laughs> I, think, I think anything... Um, outside of 36 unbothered is on the table on draft day if the right deal presents itself. Um, and there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. There's going to be a lot of moving and shaking, I think. So, I don't know. James Jones has been in there and, and, and made some had some splashy draft days in the past. So, look, I, I won't rule it out, but um, I think we're likely a more so a trade deadline type uh, mover and shaker myself. Flog us lying cunts. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Um, question just for you, Nate. What is that crushed velvet jersey you're wearing? I think you explained it a couple of weeks ago, but quick rundown again. Um, sorry, I'm still thinking of getting my turtle stroked. I'm like, <laughs> now, that Jake, now that Jake brought it up, I'm like, oh, I'm due. Um, <laughs> uh, this is <laughs> the, what they call it, a Booker MVP jersey or something like Nike called it a... Select creators in the paint jersey. I know it's Booker. It's it's actually somewhere between brown and orange. I liked it because it was different. Question: What is Monty's record with Detroit next season? Uh but 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 a boom. I think he is. Uh, we'll get to twenty wins. I think he's up over thirty. I think he's uh, 35, 35 wins. I'll give him twenty-seven. 
I mean, they, they have some good pieces there to start building around. Did you did you predict one, Nate? I wasn't listening. Predict one what? I still get to twenty. How many wins? Oh, 20. Oh. Okay. Um, they, if they're fully he- if they're fully healthy, I think they can get to thirty five to forty in the East. Ooh, a little, so, a little playoff run for them. I, I really do like the pieces that they have. I probably not playoffs, just shy. Maybe a play in, um, at best. But they've got some really, really nice pieces. Some really good young kids there. So, I and I think that it's a perfect fit for Monty. Do a full season. Yeah, exactly. If Cade can play, um, they've got Duran. They've got um, they've they've just got a lot of talent. I like Killian Hayes off the bench. Um, I, I do think that they've got some, and and it depends on what they do in the trade period and everything like that. They've got some pieces there that they can move. I think they're a chance. Um, is Monty Williams a mole for Matt Ishbia secretly infiltrating Matt's home state team and assisting in a move for our shit assets to Detroit? Obviously. Clearly. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we know Void has been drinking, but that's actually an interesting thought. And look, I think Blaze. I think Blaze is spot on. There's one way to really tell whether or not this is true. If Shamit ends up at the Pistons, right. it's confirmed. <laughs> if Elia Kobo signs a, a you know a contract there and Landry Shamit gets traded, then we will if know. Ends, mate, will they make the second round of the um, playoffs and get outed if uh, Shamit goes there? Well, that's that's what he does apparently, isn't it? They could yeah. pick up Abdel Nader on the way. Yeah, and Elliot a lot Kobe. of pieces available for Detroit. Elliot Kobo, that's there's some depth there for Detroit. Chances of DH being traded to Detroit are zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Side there's note, no you guys, he's did, going where Monty is. Did you guys see that uh, post I sent you guys from Zillow uh, of the the most expensive house uh, on the market in Detroit proper, and Monty <laughs> could buy that. And it's like eighteen bedrooms. I don't know if he yeah. has 18 friends that he could have over. Uh, Landry could take one room. Landry, you know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And his Nader and Akobo. Nader, Elia Kobo. There's a couple of fits. Maybe Ish Wainwright. I, I, there's a bit of love around for Ish, oh I think. Gosh. And it was like um, so seven he, bathrooms, so he could he could tie a few off and, and be like, well, I'm here in Detroit, <laughs> and stumble to the next bathroom each time. And he'd still have millions left over. It's uh, it'll be an interesting purchase. Are you all excited for the new Suns uniforms? I just I love the way it. you say y'all. You just fucking say it so Australian like. <laughs> I do y'all. Uh, what do they look like? Have, have you seen them? <laughs> I mean, um, oh, no. just has, have any of you seen them? No, no. Jake? It's pretty hard to get excited when you don't know what's changing. No, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not seeing um, uh, the new ones, yeah. I've seen them. They, I, I'm not a fan, John, personally. Um, uh, I, are we moving away from the uh, the teal? I've, I, I have found them, the, the rumoured jersey. I think All this right. is it. Uh, here's what I yeah, is that a one-hit one wonder, was it? The, the turquoise, teal, whatever colour we're calling it? Um, I will just... You know the Hartwood Classics are done. That was a one-season um, commemorative thing. Hmm. Talk talk amongst yourselves while I upload this, and I can show you. It's I think it's just at the moment it's conceptual, um, I believe. So, it, but there is a little bit of yeah, your conceptual. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it's it. Mine. That's my input. No, I think you're real. Damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Boyd, can you explain to us um, your on-screen name there? Other than we know, but why you did, why you've put that up there? These are the concepts. Oh. Um, no, I can't, Nate. I was just in a fucky mood, so I just chucked that there. <laughs> okay. Is it because there was a guest that you invited on that wasn't able to make it, or? Uh, well, no, it was just. Wow, I'm just looking at the jersey, so I can't talk no, right now. This is this what? is way way too much like the Eric Bledsoe Day uniform. Not not what? vibing this at all. No, no, no. I like this. This is maybe nice. the black one on the very left. I like, but yeah, I, I just to me it's like the the sunburst without the sun. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's a partly cloudy uh, sun's uniform. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not bad. I, I I like where it's going. I guess I just. Yeah, we've got get cloudy in the valley. That doesn't yeah. have a can't cut it. We can't cut it off, even though this has gone for 120. I'm enjoying those questions. Who wins a motorcycle race, Cameron Payne or Chris Paul? Cameron Payne. Yeah. He seems a little crazier. I don't understand the relevance of that shit. <laughs> no, it's really what's important. Your, what's your what's your favorite spirit of choice? Ooh. Oh, unofficially sponsored by. <laughs> You're a Buffalo Trace man? Uh, I do drink a lot of it. Jack's my Jack's my poison, but I do I do get on the the buffalo. Yeah, you guys aren't drinking like, Melbourne's own. Uh, what is it, boy? The Skywall or Star War or what is that? Star Ward, is it? Star is Ward, yeah, yeah. I've never yeah, no, that. I am. Um, I'm a JD guy, hundred percent JD. You fucked up on that shit. Yeah, I'm a um, I'm a Jamison's guy, Jamison guy. So. Ooh, I, uh, I like, yeah, I like to like to pick up a few bottles of Jamison on my way back through customs and uh, sit there and sip away nicely. What colour eyes do you have, Boyd? I think uh, oh, John, fuck John wants to, <laughs> John wants to, to this go deep off. into yourself. Mine are blue. <laughs> I'm Take him away sippy cup and send him to bed. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what record does, does Frank end with? So this this could be a catch twenty two, based on what uh, what, mm. what Jake said before. His record might be uh, five and eight by the time he gets right. the ass and Kevin Young's the coach. Ooh, that's a good question, though. I reckon it has to it has to be good. We have to get back to that home court advantage in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this, so this falling down confirmed. to four and five isn't going to cut it again. We need a one or two finish. We've confirmed that it has to be good. I've got blue eyes. It has to be good. And Cameron Payne is a great motorcycle racer. So, um, yeah, these questions are really going well right now. Um, guys, hey, um, give he's, me 58 he's wins. Costco vodka. 58 <laughs> wins for the year. 58 mm -hmm. wins? Right, Nate. Well, how many, how many is it going to take to get second in the West as a minimum? That's my answer. Well, 58 would be pretty damn close. Yeah. Sure, that sounds good. Let's do 58. Yeah, uh, I'll say uh, spirit of choice, angels envy. Uh, uh, if I have a few extra bucks in the pocket, otherwise I'm going to go Basil Hayden's bourbon, uh, and I'm going to say 55 wins, green eyes, and long walks on the beach. I assume that's the next question. <laughs> I need to ask about Basil Hayden's. Why? Eyes, I see, blue, I see that on eyes. the shelf over here all the time, and I, I just I've only had it once, and I didn't find it that different to anything else. Maker's Mark. Wait, no, angels so, envy is not question. different. What did you say? Angel's, Angel's envy is not different. No, basil, basil. Hayden. Oh, basil. Yeah, 
Yeah, no idea. Uh, Blue Eyes and I think 52 to 55 wins. Who would win a fight, KD or Dwight Howard? Dwight. Yes, Dwight. <laughs> Easily. What are John Wall's chances of being recruited by a team in Australia? I'd say 30% at this stage. Uh, it's not that they wouldn't recruit him. It's that his ego wouldn't allow yeah, him to go there. I don't I don't think he's coming here. He's, he's going to get more money in China or Taiwan. He's more likely to be next to Dwight Howard. Favourite album of all time that isn't Billy Joel? Ooh. Mine is R- Versus by Pearl Jam. Ooh. Favourite album? <laughs> Frampton how, Comes how, Alive how by Peter Frampton. It's your favourite album, mate. So how far do you go back with your favourite album? I'll go back to Cooley High Harmony by Boys to Men. <laughs> I like that. I like it. What did you say, Boyd? Uh, I'm just trying to think of the name of the album. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, Me Against the World by Tupac. Oh, yeah, good one. Oh, also, Enema of the State by Blink-182. Yes, I do like Enema of the State. I've got so many different copies of that. I think I've got it on cassette, CD, and vinyl. So. Jake? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just joking about Peter Frampton Comes Alive. Um, if we were talking about vinyl, though, that would probably actually have to be what I would say. But uh, otherwise, I'd say, um, gosh, I'm trying to. Oh, yes. OK, this is going to date me because of college. But uh, T.I. had an album called Paper Trail uh, that was very hot uh, about uh, what, 15, 18 years ago. And then otherwise, uh, Boyd always makes fun of my uh, terrible taste in music, apparently. But The Midnight has an album called Endless Summer, which is <sighs> just it's again. just. Mm, chef's kiss you guys will love it i don't know why you don't want to try it it's great stuff it's nostalgia what's your music. uh what's your credit card number and with the expiration date and the ccv <laughs> no one's answering that one. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys soured on jay still because i think he'd be rejuvenated and a great piece to a title we sort of spoke about that before i moved on from jay i don't want him back um but i know boyd would be more than happy to have him back He's a nice guy. Nate? <laughs> I'm sick of talking about him. Okay. Uh, Jake? <laughs> what? We don't like T.I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, it just has to hate on my music. No, I, I'm over Jake Crowder. Like, uh, he's rejuvenated because he chose to sit out on our team. I don't need somebody like that back. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Absolute uh, ball we had in an hour and a half this morning. What a way to spend a Sunday morning, though, over here in Australia. And a Saturday night for you, Jake. I know you've got to pack. Get on a plane. Um, so we, we, we've got to wrap this up because I've got to go to footy as well. I'm sure, Boyd, you won't be far off. Uh, where do we find you? Last comments, Boyd. Go for it. At Fucko on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm running out of room on my normal Twitter, guys. So, um, yeah. You're just going to have to miss me on there. I've got like 15 new uh, 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 people. So, yeah, run out of room, at fucko. Followers, boy. followers, you mean? Yeah, followers, yes. Yeah. The yeah. Twitter. Uh, Nate, last comments. Where do we find you? Fuck, right now, to at coffee on my colon. Uh, I need a fucking shit. Uh, so let's wrap this up. Jake. You can find me at Fallen Founder, and you can find the album Endless Summer by The Midnight in the chat. Uh, I, I tossed it in there in case you're oh, oh, won't record it? Oh, I see how it is. Okay, well, go, go take a look at it after the show. Tell me it's awesome. 
Follow us at Aussie Suns fans on Twitter, at Aussie Suns fans on YouTube. Like, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. Keep us going um, in that sense. Make sure you comment on the YouTube video afterwards just so that it's not Boyd commenting all the time. Um, And most importantly, remember, at the end of the day, when you come to watch us on the Aussie Suns fans, we're not here to fuck spiders. As Chris Paul gets in, another wide open three.